we are talking about a comic book, which we all read. If you did not also read this comic book, be aware we may talk about the events that happen inside of it. If this is going to make you sad, you should read the comic book first. That's like playing pretend with five-year-olds. Oh, that Spider-Man, he was just a clone. Did I just have a stroke? Welcome to the Trade Secrets Podcast. I have tough skin, apparently. I did not know I had this power. Comic book talk by comic book geeks just like you. What we did not know was that Nikolai Tesla was the original designer of the Fleshlight. Make it, make it, do it, makes us... Welcome, everybody, to episode <laughs> 80 of the Trade Secrets Podcast. I am Luke Matthews, and I'm here today with Andy Padel. Hey, and I've got my two filthy assistants with me, Ann Bean. <laughs> Trust no one. And Eddie Isaac. <laughs> oh, God. Um, today we are talking about the, we're going to talk about the entire run. We are doing a long read episode since it's a round number where the entire run of Transmetropolitan was a uh, Vertigo, well, originally a Helix comic that switched over to Vertigo that started in 1999 and ran through 2002. 98. 98. Actually, it might have been ninety seven. It was it was either early ninety eight or late ninety seven. Because it ran five it ran five years and it ended in two thousand two. Therefore, it would have been ninety seven. I think so. Cool. Well, whatever. Um, so yeah, Transmetropolitan is Warren Ellis and Derek Robertson. Uh, we will talk about that a little later. But um, I mean, we're already fucking ten minutes into the show and we've talked about <laughs> all kinds of weird shit uh, leading into this. But I think the one topic that we wanted to bring up right off the bat was was Doctor Domashev. Oh. <laughs> Doctor Dammit is more like it. <laughs> it I the decision making surrounding this particular Fantastic Four reboot just baffles I, me. I think they're trying to burn the IP to the ground before they lose the license. <laughs> I, I think I, literally I, I actually, you know, so sabotage like yeah, like yes. corporate corporate or media or what do you call it, a cinematic sabotage? Because no. there's like already, character assassination. Yeah. yeah, they've already been talking about. Literally, that's the thing. They've already I, been talking about, um, like. Marvel was already talking about the, there was the thing a few months ago about them canceling the Fantastic Four comic book before the release of this movie because they were effectively trying to undermine Fox's ability to make money off the movie. So it's clear that they're they're firing guns. They're in a each dog other. fight. Yeah, they're <laughs> not they're not happy with each other because which is understandable because Fox has already run the Fantastic Four franchise is right into the ground. ground. Space parasite Galactus. Oh, like, <laughs> uh, Galacti. See, of all the of all the things that they changed, that was the one that Galactus? bothered me. Hmm? Bothered murder me of Galactus. <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah. Uh, a Holocaust of Galactus, yeah. or a well, they a genocide. still the genocide they, they of still, Galactus. They still use go. the sh- in in the b- very end of the second movie. They still use the shape of his head in the clouds. Remember yeah, that? he is the clouds. It, it, and look, gr- regardless, it's a garbage. It's a garbage movie. Like I want. Oh God, who was the director for Hulk? Angley. Which one? Angley. <laughs> Ang- the one with the, the one with angry angry electric cloud. Yeah, like, Hulk's I want to see Angley. Yeah, Luke's favorite. Look at me like Fox. Be like Fox. Look. <laughs> at the time, we tried I remember the, enjoying that. The deity cloud it thing. It doesn't it work. Learn <laughs> <laughs> oh, from um, our The only redeeming quality about the second movie is the Silver Surfer. I think that was the best. That piece, like that piece of the movie, was redeeming. They did an okay job with a a dumb character. You think Silver Surfer's a dumb character, huh? I I like Silver Surfer as a concept. I hate him as execution. He's overtly wacky. Yeah, he's well, a. Well, I well, mean, Silver think. Surfer. It was it was 
It's Kirby's acid trip from the 60s. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a 60s character that was like, oh, surfers. Are cool. How's he gonna he's like made out of he's silver. He's going to be well, on a surfboard. But, well, the con- okay, well, I mean, so you, so you like the concept, but you the hate concept the of him as a, The concept of, of him as a harbinger for, for Galactus, the guy that searches out planets for Galactus to eat, as a character, that's fine. And even as even as a like you know silver bodied what the fuck ever yeah. spacefaring, fine. But then you put him on a fucking surfboard. I'm like, come on. I don't know. I think <laughs> I, okay. Honestly, I don't. I don't really hate that because all the heralds that Galactus has made since the first, and I forget who the first was, um, they've all been unique, and it's all based around apparently when they're endowed. Well, they the. I'm not sure if it was Silver Surfer or a guy before him. I think Silver Surfer might have been the first one that Galactus actually uses the power cosmic to endow him with abilities. The thing is... And is he is well endowed. Cosmic ability. The surfboard is huge. The biggest thing, though, is that I believe that when you're endowed with power with the power cosmic, it bases that off of your personality. And I think that Norrin Rad was kind of Totally rad. Just the, his last even name his name, like even his name, even his that name a, and everything. I think it's all a pun. It's all one giant pun. That is a really good retcon explanation for what was originally just a stupid goofball idea. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> hey, that's what writing is. It's retconning your own stupid ideas. <laughs> I mean, oh well, you take the idea of Thanos. Like the the whole origin of his name is uh, Greek, and it's like the god of sleep. Or no, that's uh, that's different. No, it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. the god of sleep. You know, it's and it's like, or it's the sleep and death. Or I think because in Greek, sleep it's... is like death, the the trans, the, sure. the whatever. So it's kind of the same. Mm-hmm. But etymology. I, I mean, even that. I mean, even a, a lot. If you think I'm about a lot of the characters, there's a lot of stupid a, characters, a lot of characters came out of the sixties. So, a lot of the characters the from the sixties and seventies are kind of like, there's a lot of lame matter eater lad. Yeah, yeah. Do you Arm remember that? Do you remember that the uh, yes. the '80s generated Jubilee? Um, yeah. Wait, did with Dazzler, well, Dazzler though? Dazzler's from the '70s. Dazzler's from the '70s. Yeah. '90s got Boom Boom, yes. Boom Boom. That's right. Well, da- well, Dazzler and Jubilee are like basically the same too. Yeah, effectively. Except Jubilee likes to break computers more, right? Just well, like she had less. Con- no, show. she had less control over powers. Oh, okay. So we were going to talk about Doctor <laughs> Domashev and oh, the fact water. that please do. So they've all you know they've already made some strange alterations. Um, like, uh, for example, Human Torch um, is black, right? He's a black guy. Yeah. Now I'm not calling that a strange alteration. Let's just, let me let me just be clear. <laughs> Doesn't bother me too much. Um, I thought it, you know, if it's the right actor, it's the I right actor. I was wondering why they didn't also make Sue Storm black. That's exactly what I was going to say. Is like um, mixed family, and it could be a mixed family, and that's fine if they. It, but it's it almost seems like they are they're making it more complicated for themselves than they need to make it. They're right? trying to kill the IP. I'm sticking. I, with I, that's fine. Um, and then now Doctor Doom is going to be a disgruntled hacker, um, and Water. his his. And blogger, and his name is not going to be Victor Von Doom. It's Victor Domashev. And this is these are the exact kind of alterations to IPs that <laughs> okay. have been fucking with people's fandom since the since they tried to make movies in the eighties about like comic books and the Punisher, and, the Dolph Lundgren yeah. Punisher. Yeah. That shit's rad. <laughs> I am just envisioning this being like set 
like ways that this could possibly be good. We'll make it really an authentic period piece. Set it in like the mid nineties. Have uh, Doctor Domashev. I was at Limbiscuit blaring in the background. Limbiscuit blaring in the scene. background. Doctor Domashev is a phone freak. Keep rolling, 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 rolling. <laughs> roll. That'd be Please early nineties. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Rolling, rolling, so like ninety three. Oh, and he invents caller ID. <laughs> no, he just, he just wants to like get international calling. That's his They're actual inter- his free goal. international that's, that's calling. His is his evil plan that's to take over, plan, the world. take over the world? Like I've got my Captain Crunch whistle. I've got my butt set. <laughs> I am good to go. It yep. wouldn't be any worse than that freaking plot from that one uh, Pierce Brosnan Bond movie where like he had to stop the the guy from taking over Ted Turner. Yeah, yeah. To stop Ted Turner. Ted Turner was. taking over yeah. media. That was. It's, uh, uh, the not, world is not enough. The world is not that enough. Was, that was the one with, <laughs> the ter- pipe, yeah. with Terry Hatcher as, yeah. a, as a Bond girl oh. when she was like six months pregnant. Yeah. Oh, my um, God. So they had to Ugh. just hide her belly behind everything oh, for the whole movie. Jesus. That seems awkward. Yeah. Well, I mean, they can always just shop on a different body like they did for Pretty Woman. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what? Pretty Woman, most of the body shots are not. It's a body double. It's a body double. Yeah. It's not. Huh. What's her face? Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just. So we all know I'm not seeing this movie. I just want to so know. So Thanatos, Thanatos is, is a demon in Greek mythology yeah. okay. who's like not the primary god of death, but is a, a personification so of yeah. death. He's a reaper. He's, He's not a reaper. death. Yeah. 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 Um, but Eddie, you were saying before the show, you you know the concept of them making a movie based around Doctor Doom right. or a, a villain, a villain. That would be great. So, I mean, they did the Maleficent for the Disney, now that the Marvel and the Disney are all in the oh, Can't yeah. they just make cool well, villain movies? So, you know, they're really pushing this hero genre. And I'm and I'm not saying I don't like that. I, I've enjoyed I've enjoyed pretty much most of the Marvel movies to date, even, you know, some of the lesser ones, the like the Thor series. Anyway. Um, first Thor was series. first Thor was fine. The second one was meh. boring. It was like it, it was boring. it was just boring. Yeah. And it's not like it's a really bad movie. movie it's just, just like a it's there's nothing it interesting. It's just good. uninteresting. It's yeah, just like, it, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But the uh, worst fucking villain too. God, what a just oh, Malekith? a dumb Malekith is just just a dumb villain. He's a dark elf. Oh yeah. The actor who plays Doctor Who now. He was the guy that played Doc, the first Doctor Who in the new reboot. Okay. It's Christopher Eccleston. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So one of the – I'd like to see them focus on a, on a, on a villain. And mm-hmm. as we know, Marvel Studios can't touch anything in the X-Men universe, right? Because mm-hmm. so, honestly, Magneto, I think, story would be very interesting. You know that they were going to? I heard – yeah, there's like supposed to be X-Men Origins Magneto. When, right. After they made it – they were going to make X-Men Origins Wolverine and then Magneto, and they were going to do a string of like Origins movies. Yeah. Um, but Wolverine – Origins Wolverine killed that because it was so bad. So bad, yeah. Because um, they were also going to... That's kind of where First Class came about. Yeah. Because okay. they were going to do an Origins Magneto and an Origins Professor X yep. that, that tied in. And a, a lot of that got folded into right. what First Class became. Yeah. And, um, I mean, because Magneto's story from uh, Inception into the Marvel Universe is, is very interesting. Uh, he was a, a kid in the Nazi prison camp mm-hmm. and stuff like There's that. There's actually a Marvel Max series on it yeah nice. yeah, yeah. It's, called, it's just called magneto and right. it is see i brilliant. think they need to adapt some of the marvel max stuff because we, we read that punish uh, alias. alias alias oh yeah alias is one of the netflix shows yeah. that's true and but, i do uh, yeah, so, go oh, ahead. so going back to what i was saying i think that with what's available right now dr doom is the best is the best choice and i was uh, talking to andy about well everybody's here but um the story there's a storyline where he has to bargain with mephisto for uh his mother's soul Mm-hmm. And that story uh, is, I think, is very pivotal to the Marvel Universe because it shows Doom as being 
uh, one of the people who have blended science and magic into one because he you know he actually is a member of both communities he's a member of the science community and a member of the magic community. Doctor Strange is one of the other few people who does that as well. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, mm-hmm. magic and in the Marvel Universe is fairly rare. R- right. Well, yeah, it's, it's definitely it's, rarer than it's, DC. It's yeah. self-contained, actually. I mean, if you really think about like Dormammu and and like even Ghost Rider, because Ghost Midnight Rider Suns. is... Hmm? The Midnight Suns. Midnight Suns, like that's all, all that piece is all self-contained more mm-hmm. so into its... Technically, Scarlet Witch is magic, but it's because of her mutation that allows her to control it. Like, okay. It's still, it, it is a little bit of a crossover. They've never with her. fully, they've never really fully explained. They've never really gone into depth about and fully explaining how that works either. Because some they said, oh, it's magic, but then it's because of mutation. But then it's more like hexes that control like outcomes, and it's she's sort of like Domino, where it's a no, prob- it's, a, it's, it's there, a probability thing. No, it's better. It's it's I don't. It's, it's more it's more defined more than defined that because than that. It, because that's why she was able to do the whole House of M thing because it was much more wide ranging than probabilities. It was like <laughs> control like of reality, al- reality, the like alteration, al- yeah, of reality. alteration of reality. If I remember, so we're right, saying she has five dots of whatever that one thing is in Mage: The Awakening, where you can basically <laughs> yeah. control life, the outcome of stuff. Life. It was oh like, no no. Uh, chaos? No. Life, uh, Jesus. <laughs> God, I haven't played. Yeah, it's been a long time since I played a World of Darkness game. Um, he's she wasn't isn't she along the same lines as Legion, right? Because Legion no Legion has the powers of each of his personalities. It's, sure, it's but not that okay. Like, he's basically a hundred. He has a hundred different uh, personalities. Oh, each of those personalities has a different superpower. That's like crazy, Darren. It's I'm like uh, it's more like uh, remember Dark Avengers the the uh, the villain in there that Mo- Molecule Man Molecule Man. Mo- is molecule man? Yeah, that he molecule can like man. he can he alter reality. He like actually has like control over so reality. So he has control. He has control over matter at a molecular level. That's not the same as, no, as then, control then over happens. reality. But it's, like, it's more than just molecules. Like he can actually he can reshape whatever reshape, within a certain radius. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, he lives in a shitty van in a like a desert community down by the <laughs> yeah, river. That's right. He just wanted to be left alone by the creek. So yeah, I I I kind of agree. I think a villain movie would be cool. I don't think it'll happen, and um, well, because okay, so we I think we talked about this before. Like Doctor Doom, you know, in in a sense is like he's a villain by nature, but he not, doesn't think he's a villain. But he doesn't. Thing. But he inside doesn't think he's a villain. Right. He believes his his cause is just. Well, technically, yeah. none of them really think they're villains. Now, nah, right? Kingpin like, knows that he. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, fair. I mean, they're they're Bull, <laughs> bullseye. Not really thinking he's no. That, no, no but, I know yeah. what you're saying. So Magneto is an example of someone who does not believe he's a villain. He believes right. his cause is just because he he wants he wants uh, the same rights for for mutant kind. Sure. Right. So. So would you define Doctor Doom as like lawful evil? He, oh, yeah, he, that sounds. I say chaotic good. Actually. Mm. Think I about wouldn't it. say like, chaotic. We're good. just on the wrong side of the war. I, mm, and that's why that's the lawful part of it, yeah, right? Lawful. That's the thing. I feel like he's lawful. Lawful is the the definition of the cause. Evil is the definition of its thrust. His cause is he's trying to save the world. So um, there is a storyline where uh, Doom ends up taking over. What the fuck is the island that Black Panther rules? Uh, Wakanda. 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 And because he needs the is it vibranium? vibranium? Yep. And so there's like a series of uh, like basically traps or puzzles that someone has to get through. And the last one is a mystical gate where you have to be a just person in order to go through it. Uh, he can go through it because and he walks mind, through it. He's just, but just, just, and 
just is the definition of the lawful part of a of a like if we're going by straight D and D no law alignments, and just, law and justice are two completely separate not things. by the D and D definitions of those of those alignments. Trust me, nerd part. You stab me, I stab you. A cause being just does not necessarily mean by definition that it is good. It does not mean that it's lawful. So my my take is like on Dr. Doom's personal chart, he is lawful good. On the implied narrator's chart, (laughs) he is lawful evil. Sure. Well, when it comes down to just because there's there's parts of Doom's storyline where he his whole cause is to just take care of the people of Latveria like that. Mm-hmm. You know, when he first I know when when Doom first started, like they showed him as like this evil dictator monarch that like made his people suffer. And over time, as he's evolved, he's seen more as, you know, regardless of what happens, I just want my country to be OK. And he wants them to be left alone from the influence of the other world powers, so mm-hmm. to speak. I mean, I don't think they would really... Like I, if Hitler had been born in Switzerland and didn't have the drive to expand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Exactly. So I, I think that if... I, 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 he can't be... Even in the comic universe, he can't be this, this sole force of evil because I, I'm sure that the United States would not give him an American embassy. He would not get an embassy, and he has one. Like it, you yeah. know, We had a diplomat to uh, Germany between World War and I and two. That went well between into, though, but it went well into the start of World War Two. Wait, so you're saying that in the start of World War, start World War Two, there was a German embassy in New York? There was a German embassy in New York, and there was an American embassy mm-hmm. in Germany. Mm-hmm. Really? Absolutely. Still? Yeah. How many years in? Uh, three or four. I mean, we weren't part of the war yet. That's right. Okay, that makes sense. That that makes sense. Okay, I get. I, yeah. Okay, <laughs> After I a few years, we won't stand yeah. for that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I get you. I mean, I kind of agree. I, I, somebody brought up on my Facebook page because we were we were discussing. After the Marvel made the announcements for the Phase 2 stuff, mm-hmm. right, um, a lot of people were talking about the Captain Marvel movie, which is fucking awesome. Woo. They're making a Carol, Carol Danvers-based Captain Marvel movie. I think that's rad. I think it's going to be interesting how and if they work Marvel into that at all. Or They said if, that they were not doing any more origin huh. stories. They said they were staying away from the origin story piece. That's fine. I feel so like she's could, just somebody with powers, well, and they're not okay. going to bother talking they about may, it. They may flash back mm-hmm. to it. They, they yeah. may, You know what I mean? Or something like that. But but it's not the thrust of the story is not going to be telling the origin exactly right. which is which is fine by me because we've had several origin story yeah, movies at this point. Well, I'm hoping that the thrust of the story is her working um, in that for that space agency that she worked for the. Um, I know what you're sword? talking about sword, right? Working for sword, I like heard. and and I ho- I'm hoping that that is the catalyst. Somebody brought up a very good point because I I started talking about how. You know they're making a female-led Marvel movie, and now there's very little reason for them to not make a Black Widow movie. Yeah, but somebody, somebody made a very. Somebody but they made need a, very, a better script. <laughs> somebody, well, they also would need to do an origin story for Black Widow. I don't think they would, but that's there's enough history of there's enough history of of her and what she is in uh, peppered through the other movies that I don't think they need to do an origin. But the point being, um, somebody brought up a very good point that has absolutely nothing to do with with the gender of the lead or anything, and that is simply, um, these are big-ass summer tentpole movies for the most part. Oh, yeah. There's two things at work. One, I don't think they're going to take a major character or a minor character from one of these big movies and make a smaller-scale like movie. Nope. And two, every single movie that comes out has to advance the MCU in some appreciable way. Yep. Um, she doesn't and have enough... 
and power her, to do that. Right. And her story would be a cool story. It would be awesome to see a movie about like on a smaller scale about her or better or to Hawkeye. see or Hawkeye spot, too. But, oh my god. Like yeah. right? Like they would be awesome to see like for example I would kill to see a TV show with Jeremy Renner playing the Matt Fraction version of Hawkeye. Oh man. That'd I think be so that good. that would be fucking fantastic. Did you guys ever see um, the uh, Saturday Night Live where he was the host? No. no. He is funny as shit. Yeah? Like he is perfect for the Matt That's Fraction good. of nice. Hawkeye. Cuz I heard somebody somebody said to me that like he can't like they didn't think he could pull off the humor but but my I haven't seen that but the place where I think he can pull it off that Proved it to me was in Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. Yeah, that movie's <laughs> so much fun. I love that movie. So the, bu- the bullshit like movie that takes that he does to like tie the tie between yeah. between the other. Movies. I love that movie. Too. I think yeah. it's fair that he's having that fun. Yeah. He is. He's having fun. It's like the uh, you know what I can agree with you. I like that movie because it screams. Please don't take me too seriously. Exactly. He's yeah, just cackling the entire yeah. time. Yeah, pretty like, much. I'm getting paid for this. Firing like a pistol with 17 different barrels at someone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Pull the string so the witch gets yanked through the window again <laughs> yeah we did a we did an uh, uh a movie marathon my wife and i of anachronistic movies like that and it was like the princess bride and hansel and gretel witch hunters and god there was, a, there was a, oh and a night's tale uh, the, like that was nice, like i really actually i really I like a night's tale. tale i really like that movie uh, another movie that screams please don't, don't take me yeah. too seriously i i had a <laughs> i had somebody once like start start going off on me about how all the quote unquote historical inaccuracies in that movie i love that movie and the first thing i said to them was they play we will fucking rock you. we will rock you at the <laughs> yes. very beginning yes. of the movie the and it's like how do you how setting do you the tone t- setting the tone right it's exactly <laughs> we like, already know not only are they playing we will rock you but the scene at the very beginning where they're walking into the arena and we will rock you is playing and the moment the guitar solo stops all the guys pull the trumpets off their lips and you're like okay i know what i'm getting into right uh, now yeah. <laughs> it's it's i mean it screams like it screams. Please do not take me yeah. too seriously. It's supposed to be a fun movie. It's like the guys who go. You know, I was I watched several shows and it happens in Supernatural a lot where they go to like the, uh, the like either the LARPing events yeah, or yeah, yeah. or the medieval times events uh-huh. and the people that take that shit like super serious. Like you you, you got to change clothes. Like you can't yeah. be here. Blah blah. Well, we're doing an investigation. I, I don't I don't care. Like you, you're totally <laughs> messing up everything and people pay yep. to be here. Like it's like man, calm out. Like chill out, man. I know that guy. <laughs> A lot of that guy. <laughs> Luke is I feel that like guy. That's, that's SCA, no, not Ren Fair, though. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think it's a shame because of that we'll, we probably won't see those smaller movies because of the fact that I think Black Widow needs a big... stronger script. Honestly, her her series yeah. is not that good, in my opinion. I've only read two issues of it. To I have be not fair. read this. It, I have not read this. It's like they comic. learned everything that they did with uh, Winter. Or sorry, so they Black Widow has been around longer than Winter Soldier. Yeah, okay? yeah. So they like, they learned a bunch of lessons with Black Widow, and they're like, okay, these are the tweaks we need to make. Let's We're gonna make another character, but it's gonna be a dude this time. Yeah, who who have we not uh, used? Bucky. Bucky hasn't been around Bucky. for a long time. God damn it! I well, think. I well, think. here's the thing. Even though it's technically an older character. Velvet is a perfect example was, yeah. of how you could make yeah. a good Black Widow comic book, Absolutely. right? And and that's like if they can do Hawkeye the way they've done Hawkeye and and some with some of the side characters like what's the what's the woman that Kate Kate Bishop? Thank you, Kate Bishop. Like if they can write those characters well, there's no reason why like 
a Scarlett Johansson led Black Widow movie would probably make a fuckload of money. And they would kill at the box office as long as yeah. fans are willing to accept that it's not going to be this giant action blockbuster. That it's going to be something you know subtler, hopefully. Well, and would... isn't Agents of Shield like building up the subtlety in the Marvel universe? They, yeah, that, that's what that show does. That all that show does is build up subtlety of things. Like for example, right now. Um, sorry for the spoiler if you haven't watched the most recent episode, but they hinted to the the Inhumans right. or the or Atlantis. Well, the way that it's like mm-hmm. it's it's one of the it's one of two. Either way, we're thinking Inhumans because they announced the Inhumans movie, right? Right. So that show, all it does is bridge gaps and 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 yeah. build up anticipation mm-hmm. to different events. So, and and I I'm really looking forward to the Netflix shows. Especially Daredevil. After seeing, after seeing some of the guys who are in that show talk about it, like at the New York Comic Con panel and stuff, yeah. like Jesus Christ, that show is going to be fucking good. Speaking of uh, primetime shows, how do you feel about Constantine? I haven't seen it yet. I saw the first two let's episodes. Just, let's, I li- let's no. no, no, no. You don't like it? No. What? No. I'm actually Andy not doesn't like anything. Yeah, that's true. Andy, w- there Andy is not loves a, everything. There Andy doesn't single, like anything. There is not a <laughs> single... Co- I do not believe that they could adapt Constantine in a way that would satisfy you. Honest to God, if he would have been still a smoker... Yeah. Because that is so that, no, but he, integral. Okay, so yeah. here's the thing. He, he is a smoker, but because it's primetime TV, they can't show him chain smoking, you know, freaking... Just I don't see why. Suck. I don't they, know why you can show someone get shot thing. in no. the head on primetime. No, but it's no on ABC. But it's on ABC. This is that's the problem. The problem is it's on. It's I, yeah. I want to say it's on ABC. That is a, ABC, that is kind of a problem with any with anything really. I mean that's being that on, just being on ABC is just a problem. On, I think nice. it's on NBC actually. Same uh, thing. I mean, as, well, time. Agents of Shield is on NBC, so yeah. But even that, but like that has Joss Whedon, so that's like you, you can tell. I mean, you could tell the difference if uh, if Constantine was on AMC, it would be totally different. It would probably I wish be it was. a little. Well, well, then again, but even if I, I say the same thing about Walking Dead, if Walking Dead was on HBO, like it would be, there would be a lot more things from the comics that are gruesome that would be able to make it into the show because of the light censoring on HBO. Um, Constantine and Constantine should be on HBO. Goddamn, Constantine should be on HBO for sure. There's another one. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't think Constantine is Constantine. Out of curiosity, is it going to be short seasons or is it the full like supernatural style 22 episode seasons? I think I they're doing no 12. I think they're doing like. I hope. I hope they're doing short seasons. That's what I was going to yeah. say because like I've come to the I've come to the f- just final conclusion that. 22 episode seasons way too is much. for a an hour long dramatic it's show. Way too much, yeah. Is too much because you can't you can't keep a narrative running that long well, without crap, padding Game, it with a bunch of bullshit. Game of Thrones does eight, like eight, nine, ten, eight, ten, ten, ten or ten. whatever. Yeah, most most of the shows that everyone loves right now are short seasons. Breaking Bad, Longmire, ten to twelve, uh, Justified, like Miss all Fisher's of these shows. Murder mysteries, just saying, thirteen, 13 sure. Episodes all of these shows that people love so much are ten to thirteen episode yeah. seasons, and that's what it's because they can cut the chaff out, focus on a storyline, and actually tell it from beginning to end, as opposed to, you know, the shows that we all love from our childhood, like fucking all the Star Trek shows and Babylon Five, and real all those American were hero. Still, we're still twenty-two episode, twenty-four episode seasons, and they just—they just there's so much fluff yeah. and bullshit in them. Hercules, well, it Xena, de- drone oh, on God. for an hour. Jack of all trades. <laughs> yeah. Think if you think about like Star Trek: Next Generation, the hundred and one lives of Black Jack Savage. Oh, oh my gosh. God. 
like Star Trek didn't have one overriding plot arc per season, right? Because you can't. It was episodic because yeah, otherwise was. they're it was in Monster madness. Of the week or Basically, I want to talk about Constantine for one more second before we sort of go off into this tangent. Um, there isn't going to be a tangent because this is going to be this the is it. last part of the first second. last part of the first. One. So uh, last week I was talking with a couple guys that I know, and we were discussing whether or not comic book fans should be hypercritical or critical at all of their media within. Um, like just other formats and like sure. comic book movies like if it's translated into right. other formats and he was making the, the point that to a certain extent while comic book fans are you know critical of weird things that in general they're super accepting of everything and I'm sort of coming around to the fact that okay if you're ABC and you want to take a show and part of you know that character's main arc is he's an asshole chain smoking son of a bitch who you know sold his soul to three different devils if you can't air that on your network, maybe that's not Consider the right IP for you. Property. There are yeah. tons of comic books out yep. there that you can run with. Don't take something and then just neuter it right off the get-go. All right, everybody. So for the last, uh, this is a this is a, a round numbered episode, and therefore we are doing a long read. So for the last. Three ish weeks. We've been reading uh, the entire run of Transmetropolitan from issue one to issue sixty. We, we avoided all of the side bonus material, which includes the essays by Spider Jerusalem, mm-hmm. and there's another book, and I can't remember what the fuck it is. It's yeah. just short stories. So, uh, we did the main run, which started in 1997 as a Helix. Uh, Helix was an imprint of of DC um, along the same time as Vertigo. Uh, I guess their intention with Helix originally was to be more futuristic, futuristic stuff and sci-fi. Um, but then the Helix brand died after about a year, uh, and they kept Transmetropolitan going under the Vertigo brand. I think Transmetropolitan was like the one title that survived Helix. Oh, yeah, Static X, or is it Static? That was I think one of the other ones. Oh, okay, and he actually but not got for long, but he got rebooted in the New Fifty Two. But those were the only two that were noteworthy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting, you know, uh, to to go on a side tangent slightly before we start talking about the book, I think one of the most interesting things about reading this to me was the occasional back matter that shows up talking about the rest of the um, Vertigo stuff that's going on, at, that was going on at the same time. So like um, right about issue 10 or, 10 or 12 of Transmet was when 100 Bullets started. Um, so there was there was actually a hundred bullets preview in one of the issues of Transmet, and then like they would talk about other Vertigo titles like Hellblazer and and uh, Preacher and you know a few others that were still All you know stuff of the late nineties going, going on at the same time. So, but yeah, uh, it was a good like seven year run around around the start of Transmetropolitan to about a year and was just mm. this brilliant time for Vertigo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Vertigo had a whole bunch of stuff that then either ended or faded away and then was replaced effectively by um what were the two there were the unwritten and fables basically were the fables um, sort of came in midpoint of 100 bullets yeah. uh, right yeah. around the same time that transmit a couple years after transmit ended mm-hmm. um and then unwritten came from the children's crusade which mm-hmm. was uh a overarching story through all the vertigo stuff including doom patrol doom patrol sandman swamp thing uh and books of magic. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, oh yeah, books of magic. Wait, is that, that right? That was a thing. I might be wrong on that. Ah, fuck, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it really doesn't. Uh, <laughs> the book is written by Warren Ellis and uh, drawn by Ro- Derek Robertson, 
and it follows the story for those of you who don't know and i can't imagine there are many of you out there who don't but uh follows the story of a a, a journalist gonzo a far, journalist gonzo yeah, journalist gonzo of the journalist future in a far future city which is effectively new york city i had never um, heard of this book before you guys recommended it yeah uh <laughs> who is drawn back into his career as a journalist in this completely whack job future future city um and hilarity ensues. Uh, oh, hilarity is that what you're going with? You're chaos. Uh, you're <laughs> the probably I would say the biggest transmet fan I'm the in the group. So why don't yeah. you start? Okay. So um, when Warren Ellis wrote this, I believe his initial concept was that he wanted to do sort of an homage to uh, Hunter Thompson. Yeah. And so he decided to take Hunter Thompson and put him in the future. At what point in the future, uh, he didn't really know, and they do eventually no mention it. No one else knows either. They do say what year it is at one point, do to they? a certain extent. Because I, I thought in, in about two-thirds of the way through, they're like, no one knows what year it is. We can only refer to the year by uh, how Past many years ago. Yeah. yeah. I think it's sort of uh, referenced vaguely. Okay. I could be wrong on that, though. But um, So you've got this uh, gonzo journalist who did these amazing articles on a series of riots where he gained his fame. Uh, he hates everyone. I mean, everyone. He's a true misanthropist. He really is. Like, he it's takes beautiful. after my own heart. I really thought of you a lot when I was reading <laughs> this, Andy. Not gonna lie. I'm like, gosh, if Andy were more politically motivated and but, had less hair. So, the uh, man. basically, he has a book deal with the giant news agency, which is called The World. And he has written several books, but he still has two to go. And he has left the city to go to this place called The Mountain which is this really nice scenic mountain sort of mountain yeah <laughs> where he's left alone and he doesn't have to deal with everything and he can smoke and drink himself to death and then is uh, drug himself to death drug all, himself all sorts to death. of things <laughs> it's it's a combination there's alcohol yeah, and various it's, it's, legal and non-legal pharmaceuticals yeah, that he's it's it's a, a vast cornucopia it's of like narcotics it's like the the fear and loathing trunk yeah uh, but so uh, he finally decides to leave the mountain, looking like a crazy homeless person, and looking very much like Alan Moore, basically. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Yeah. yeah, this should be called Fear and Loathing in New Vegas. I was thinking <laughs> Alan Moore goes to Washington. Well, that's <laughs> <laughs> but isn't there a movie like Mr. Smith Goes to Washington? Yeah, Mr. Yep. Smith yeah, Goes okay, to Washington. Okay, <laughs> it's like uh, Alan Moore goes to Washington. So he is pulled back into the city, and he really hates the... Uh, he starts writing again, and he really hates the presidential candidates. It's the Beast and the Smiler. Um, he finds out that the Smiler is an absolute sociopath. And yep. the only reason the Smiler wants to become president is so that he can use his power to hurt people. So he uh, posts... Um, some derogatory stuff against the Smiler, and then the Smiler wins the election. So he has made an enemy of the President of the United States. Now, keep in mind just something that I want to bring up because this is going to tie into what I'm going to say about the book later. Um, that actually doesn't happen until 26, 27 issues into a 60-issue run. Right. Yeah, this, like, I think the <clears throat> midpoint of the series is when... Like, he's had some interactions with the Smiler before, but I was tracking it, and I think issue 30 is when the Smiler takes office. And the first time you even hear about the campaign isn't until the 20th issue or early 20s issues. Well, wait, an issue like, no, they taught, when he he gets the the girl who was a stripper to be his assistant, 
they're walking downtown and she's talking about the election. She said the current president is the beast and she says that the, he's weak and that the smiler would easily beat him. Yeah. So yeah. there's there's So it's really early crumbs. in the run. It's but, yeah, it's it's I mean So the first year is just introducing sort of the concept and reinforcing the fact that Spider Jerusalem is pretty much Hunter S. Thompson. He wants the people to know the truth. That's that that is what his sort of core being is, and he is trying to get that information out there to people. So I'm gonna get this I'm gonna get this out of my system here, um, so that we can talk about the positives of the comic book. The first Uh oh. The year, first year one. The first fifteen issues of this comic book are bad. They are a bad comic book. They are they are the definition of gratuitous in every way that it can be gratuitous. It is. They are bad and wrong. I will come up with a new word. It is badong. <laughs> <laughs> it is less. Um, it is there. There. It's almost more like Warren Ellis doing a social experiment than writing a comic book. And one of the things Luke, that really frustrated me about never the first read Borges. <laughs> One of the things that really aggravated me about the first 12, especially the first year, the first 12 issues of this comic book, was the fact that um, there was there was no overarching story. I don't think um, there's supposed to be. There, right, which is fine, except that um, even in an individual issue, there was so much extraneous gratuitous bullshit that was that seemed when you say only, gratuitous, what do you mean? I'm getting there. Okay. That seemed only there. Because of the fact that I think somebody went to Warren Ellis's, went to Warren Ellis or or Warren Ellis pitched this to somebody, and somebody made the mistake of saying, "Yeah, you can do whatever fuck you want. There's no Comics Code Authority anymore, so you might as well fucking go for it." <laughs> so, so holy want. shit! Like ridiculous drug references, ridiculous like references to a society that has fallen into decay to the point where there's fast food joints selling cloned human meat. There's cannibalism references. Sex there's puppets. there's sex puppets. <laughs> there's um, there's like this Ren and Stimpy esque cartoon, except it's all murder cats. There's um, the the media has there's become two headed animals. Like the, you know the media has. I understand like the mentality of of trying to voice opinions through speculative fiction, but like the whole the way the media is handled in it in the first twelve issues is fucking like so over the top. And it's and it's not just the story points and the and the the gratuitous references that he puts in it it's that when you're actually reading the comic books like everything in the background has to be some over the top like bullshit like how many times can they show dogs fucking in the street or somebody eating a human limb or uh <laughs> something about powdered babies or powdered like baby just seal. Powdered yeah seal. just the and swan eyes are the tastiest parts. And the that's my problem that's my problem with the first the way this comic starts is that maybe when I was in my twenties I probably would have found it funny. Maybe when I was in my like in high school and college, if I had picked up you know, let's see, it came out in ninety seven, I would have just been in college. If I had picked it up then, I probably would have had that hue, 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 you know, kind of reaction to it. Um, and I can completely understand why it holds such a 
such a special place in a lot of comic book readers' hearts for people who caught it in that period of their life, right? Um, as as a 36-year-old, I read it now, and I was just like, it's it's gratuitous for the sake of being gratuitous, at, at least at the start. And that's why I'm doing this now, because I do have positive things to say about the later issues. But the first starter, starting run was... Warren Ellis and Derek Robertson just vomiting bullshit onto the page to see what they could get away with. See, that's where I think you're wrong. And like, I will agree that you can separate year one, which is like the first 12 issues, yeah. from everything else, which is the main story. Like after, sure. the, after that first chunk where it's just, you know, it talks about the people who were cryogenically frozen and now they don't know what to do, so they're just living on the street. It talks about people turning themselves into robots. Introduces talks, Fred Christ. And there's a ton Fred of... Fred Christ. There's the, uh, the, the trans-humans. Trans, trans-humans. And there's a ton of, um, like, uh, overwrought social commentary in the, those there's first overwrought social issues. Com- but the, I think the entire point of it is to get the reader into the mindset of everything is this fucked. It's not like this is here to shock you. It's here to confuse you constantly so you can sort of get used to what Spider-Jerusalem is, his mindset, because he wanted to leave that at first. He's like, things are so bad, I'm going away from the city. I don't want any part of this. And he gets dragged back in. And the difference, and I guess what the, the difference in mindset for me is when I read those first 12 issues, it didn't make me interested in Spider-Jerusalem's plight. It was so, and even up through the first half, I'd say, all the way up through the 30 or 40 like issues, part? it is so relentlessly depressing and negative in a way that is not entertaining. Like, especially those first 12 issues. But it's just like... I understand that that was that the point was to show you, you know, maybe was to show you what you're saying, to show you what he's been exposed to, but it is taken to such a relentlessly depressing degree and is is there's so much extraneous gratuitous crap to me that it it undermines that uh that press, right? It undermines that um point for me as as a reader in my mid thirties, I have a thesis about Spider Jerusalem and about this book, um, and I, I'll I'll preface this by saying I had a couple of similar experiences to you reading the reading the first year. I mean, I I was seeing that it was doing a lot of world building, and I was sort of fine with that. It didn't bug me. I did have the thought of I would have liked this more ten years ago, or I would have got this in a different way right. ten years ago. Um, similar to how I totally caught Johnny the Homicidal Maniac at the correct time, yep. <laughs> like in my youth. Well, but, and we everybody knows my opinions on Johnny the indeed. Homicidal Maniac having read. So them. I'm not really surprised that this was your reaction to Transmit. Uh, I I think that <laughs> like this this is my thesis. I love it. <laughs> Spider Jerusalem is chaotic good, and the beautiful thing about Spider Jerusalem is that in this world that is so deeply fucked, he actually has the most integrity of any of the characters. Which is kind of great, because he totally grew on me as a character. At first, I'm like, gosh, Warren Ellis, way to overstate uh, journalists in society. Uh, so, but, okay. <laughs> you know, by the end of it, it's like, he at some point, in like somewhere in the 50s in the issues, he's, he's like, asks... Oh, I think one of the filthy assistants, like, would I, have I ever lied to you? And she's like, no. And that's true. He, he is absolutely, like, completely morally, well, morally is the wrong word. He walks his talk all the time, mm-hmm. despite being, like, a filthy bastard. I love him so much. Well, and I think, uh, I think I would put, um, oh, fuck, what's his editor's name? 
the uh, the whole the whole editor the not the whole the, nah, the not world. the no it's not the world the word the, the word sorry the, who's the word editor what's the name of the guy two fisted editor guy <laughs> I was I can't remember his name off the top of my head because I like uh, don't he's totally the Skinner enough. but what I was gonna say is he's actually he is proven later on to have a lot of integrity as well even though you don't initially think of it at the beginning of the book because he's spending so much time just berating spider or you know ragging on him for well, that's the thing spider's the molder he's the skinner yeah and then he yeah. but later on then he proves he's like ha 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 i've got skinner's back the whole or got um <laughs> skinner I've got Jerusalem's back the whole way. And, yep. and it was kind of a neat revelation later on to find out that he's like... So, Eddie, sorry, I'm going to cut you off real quick. <laughs> Hold up. I'm going to let you finish. It's almost as if this is one of your favorite comics ever. Uh, so, can we stop talking about the first 12 issues and actually get into the meat of the story? No, absolutely. That's why I wanted to bring that up early in the show. Yeah. so that we can. And Eddie, you were going to say? Okay, so I was going to say because I did not make it through the whole, the whole run. However, I... Um, what I made it through, I will say this. So when I first, when I started looking at the first issue, like the first couple of pages, I, I hit the, like the, Oh gosh, the, like mm-hmm. kind gosh. of feeling like, like uh, this is going to be a slog feeling or. Okay. I can tell you, you run into all the choice words I use. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I opened up the first page and I was like, okay, what is this shit? That's that. Like I read that and I read the second page and I was like. Man, and, and that's what I was watching, Hellraiser. And I was like, well, Hellraiser is way more interesting than this bullshit right now. And then, like, I started reading again. And I was like, oh. And then, like, by the fifth page, like, I was in. And and I, and I the the full-fledged, like, understanding or of what Spider-Jerusalem was as a character from certain things he did. I can tell you, actually, I was in as soon as he blew up that bar with that, freaking, <laughs> with that rocket. As soon as he did that. The minute that happened, I was like, I don't know who this fucking guy is, but I like him, and I we had we could have a beer together. So, like, I and I, I understand what Luke's saying, but you know, Luke, I just must be a child because I love Spider Jerusalem's character, and I love the way the world develops in the beginning. And there's nothing, there's nothing in it, even with the human limbs and the dogs fucking and the misrepresentation, the cat of pissing on it, the, the two faced smoking, smoking cat pissing cat. on everything. Oh my god! As soon as I saw the two faced cat in the like, I was like, "Yes!" There was so uh, okay. I mean, I think I only share this. I, I, I mean, <laughs> I'm also in company of two people who love Johnny the Homicidal Maniac, and you did not. And I love, I love that. So, uh, I, I was not. There was like, I was not. I want to only use the word offended, but I was not offended. I was not like turned off. I was, I was. Pulled in to this, and every time there was more development of Spider's character and more interaction with him and the human populace, and how you know when he first came back to the city, he's just like, he's just like, I don't give a fuck, and he's walking on cars, and he's just like his character. The funny thing is, is that there's some part of that book of what I'm reading it, which almost shares the same my my view of. Where Spider, I almost share a, a similar view of where society is going and what and what Spider's looking at, and I can look now today and go, yeah, I can totally see this. And so, like, I I understand the writer. I understand like the writer's points and viewpoints on this story that they're developing. Okay, so Luke's going to jump in with a tangent here, but That's for the listeners at uh, a counterpoint, uh, but for the listeners at home, I've taken photos <laughs> of both Eddie and Luke's face, and we will be posting them to the yes, Twitter yes, account. Yes, yes, and. Oh my God, guys! 
It is like night and day. It is wonderful. Um, and, and oddly enough, I'm night, which is weird when we're comparing the two of us. I find it very much... It is... It's a sci-fi... I mean, it it takes a satirical look at the degradation of society the same way that idiocracy does. Um, There's a lot of similarities in terms of yeah. like the advertising and stuff. Yeah, yeah. where um, it just cranks everything up to 11. But fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, it, but for me, uh, at least in the first half of the series, it didn't... Um, there wasn't enough plot building or they, atmosphere to build stories. it. Yeah. The the I think it's like issue four where he's like, Oh god, I've become T V. Okay. That was fucking so, hilarious. Okay, like I want I want to kill the, the discussion on the first like segment year one as it were because I really w- I do want to get to the meat Let's and potatoes of the, the story. Well, and that's the thing. He Spider Jerusalem starts out as this very reactive character because he's sort of being dropped like a he's drop just in dropped the ocean. right in the middle. Yeah, of it. yeah. And then at some point he has a mission. I will try and make this as quick as possible. Spider Jerusalem uh, starts writing articles against the Smiler, and he meets the uh, the Smiler's. Uh, head of manager, sort of political, like political manager, political shacked, or are we talking about Vita? Vita, Vita. Okay, uh, uh, and at first he does not like her, and then he realizes that she is wonderful, and there is a, a key moment where he realizes what's going to happen, and she is assassinated so that the Smiler gets the vote back for sympathy vote she, because she becomes vote. a martyr. She becomes a martyr because for him. Spider shits all over his campaign <laughs> and he needs something to get the get his uh image back. Yep. So at that point is really when the the gears just start just going. And then the the remainder of the story from that point on is Spider Jerusalem's war against the president and it mm-hmm. is awesome. It definitely gets better. And that's why I, that's why I went through my negative part early. Yeah, because I can definitely see by the time I finished the the run, and by the time I got to the end, I could definitely see why people thought so highly, think so highly of this book. Um, because I have a feeling that a lot of people are are I. I you guys might get pissed off at me because I'm probably going to be lumping you into a group of people that you're not part of. But I, I have a feeling that a lot of people... never happens yes. to me, Luke, ever. <laughs> uh, I have a feeling that uh, there's a, a ton of people who, who look fondly upon this book when they because because the last part of it, right, the, the last 30 issues, what they read, that's, that's a decent story. Um, and then they try and go back and... and pigeonhole or try and mash that that first part into that overall narrative and my my issue with that is that i honestly i 100 percent don't believe that the vast majority of the narrative that made the book so good in the last 30 issues was as planned as people think it was when he was writing the first 12 um i have a feeling that the first 12 yes they are they do a lot of setup and he um you know he goes over the top with it but i have a feeling to me it read as though those first 12 issues were him cramming as much as he could into a comic book he didn't think was going to last and then 
when it got renewed and when people got a, when it got a fan base and now he's like oh shit now I can tell a story and he tells a story and he goes back and he takes nuggets from that previous you know from of that previous stuff um I really did enjoy issues 30 through 60 um I thought they were I thought he focused more on the actual story that was being told and what Spider was trying to do and focused less on the gratuitous bullshit surrounding all of it, and that made it better. Um, I still don't think it's as good as a lot of people think it is, um, mostly because I don't like... Um, so Spider collects all of this data against the Smiler, all these things that he's done wrong, like you know, uh, contracting transient... Uh, prostitutes and uh killing people to get sympathy and they they tell a story about how he you know there was a cat that was given to one of his kids and he ended up killing it for a sympathy vote at one point in time and then at one point his wife and child get killed in a car accident and it's you know it's it's another moment where we find out that the smiler's mo is every time he starts losing popularity he kills something to get sympathy votes and gets back into the public's good graces um and they did a really, really good job of like spiders collecting all this data, collecting all this data, collecting all this data. And then there's the, there's the point where um, they clear out the print district and the superstorm hits the city and they find out that it's the clearing out was a cover for them erasing the, the evidence archives of the, yep. of the um, journalistic community. And that's the point where I was a little frustrated with, with it because f- that was like issue 40 I want to say 46 47 something it's like that right towards, towards the, end. the end and then they spend it's it's really unfortunate they spend the last probably 10 issues rehashing shit which frustrated me a little bit because it was almost like he was he was like whoa we're getting too close to the end we need something to reset a little bit so that I can retell this you know get this story out in the next 12 issues yeah. I, but I'll probably let this be my last say so you guys can talk more than I've just been jabbering. Um, I like the way they handled the story at the end. It is over the top. It's an over-the-top over representation of a Gonzo extremely, extremely, <laughs> an extremely corrupt system and a politician. Uh, well, actually, it's about ethics and journalism. <laughs> <laughs> Spidergate 2014. Uh, um, it's 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 an over the top representation of the of a, a media a, a an ethical journalist trying to take down a corrupt politician, right? Cranked up to twelve, which is you know um, like a classic dystopian story. Sure. Um, I think the last thing I'll say. I think one of the most interesting things to the about this is that the three. They think that the hey, the last time I said it was going to be one of the last things I said. See, haha, this is Four. actually. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, make your point. I think one of the most interesting things to me, uh, the takeaway from this, is there's a ton of parallels uh, to like modern politics that are happening. You know, ten years later that that um, are kind of creepy. Um, because politics just repeats itself, you know, about once every 15, 20 years. Um, 
but one of the most interesting things to me is that this kind of overarching idea that the government interfering with media is what's going to be the big problem with media, and it actually hasn't turned out that way. What has, what has actually turned out is that the um, the desires for entertainment from the public have fucked have caused media to fuck itself. Thank you, newsroom. So yeah, um, that. But yeah, uh, so. Short and sweet. I I fucking hated Fine. the first twelve issues. I love. I really do like the last like thirty issues of the comic. So, and do you want to? <laughs> and scene. So, I will uh, as a counter discussion or point to Luke. I will say that because it's a story based on a Gonzo journalist, of course it's going to be over the top. That's the point. Hunter S. Thompson did insane shit. Like, he went out, you know, and hung out with Hell's Angels. He used a lot of drugs. So he drugs. might, maybe all the drugs. I'm all not sure. <laughs> all I think, the drugs. like, cocaine became so prevalent in the 80s because Hunter S. Thompson used everything else in the 70s and they needed to replenish <laughs> stock. <laughs> um, like, the whole idea of it being sort of level is counter- it just runs against the idea of the basis of the character and the homage that uh, Warren Ellis is trying to tell. Mm. I will agree that sort of the first 12 issues are not as strong as the over arc that happens in the last three quarters of the book, but I still feel like you need those in order to sort of see the world before Spider starts affecting things. I don't think I would have had the same emotional connection to the world if it, if he hadn't spent so long world building. And I'm sort of fine with that. I realize it's not in alignment with classic dramatic structure. Like the story itself doesn't really kick in until the political race. The, the politics of it are awesome. Um, there are two other sort of collections. One is a series of essays with uh, an accompanying single panel artwork Mm. Um, by different artists that was written afterwards called I Hate It Here. Well, <laughs> and if that's you, the name of Spider's column, by the way, viewers at home. Yeah. If you don't like the first 12 issues, don't read it. If you love, I mean, only if you love the first 12 issues and the random bits of the world that it's expanding upon, then you should read it. Yeah. Um, because I, I don't think it serves a purpose other than adding more world building and if you've already read the story do you really need to have the world built anymore it's probably the stuff that you know as an author that would be the stuff that i would be writing trying to get into the character's head yeah but um so fucking good because it's just it knocks some stuff out of the park unintentionally that you know like if you look at society nowadays oh my god reading it in 2014 was nuts i this is the first time i'd read it so um one thing that we were discussing, I think, before we started recording was the Kim Kardashian yeah. discussion. So, basically, <laughs> we landed something on an asteroid about the size of, you know... Comet. Comet. A, a, a comet, comet. A comet, not an asteroid, sorry. Um, it was going 30,000 miles an hour? 30,000 miles an hour, and it's 3.7 million miles away. Yeah. Okay. So, Precision. that's, you know, that's kind of cool. Uh, way to go, humanity. What bothers me most is that two things that were almost as popular as that were Kim Kardashian's ass... And a shirt that the guy was wearing in the, the news conference. Who gives a fuck? I mean, seriously. We well, just the answer, it seems, would be everyone. Everyone. <laughs> so people want to be more entertained than informed. Yeah, and I think, I think this I, yeah. Transmetropolitan shows this 
society like taken to its logical endpoint of like entertainment with no information and i think it's actually like despite it being very incredibly gratuitous i think it's a very hopeful story because spider's whole track is showing that like because despite this like ridiculous society that has you know completely given up information um for entertainment like he's actually really pushing through to the truth and he's willing to like trust that people will respond to truth amidst this like sea of entertaining lies you have to trust the fuckhead yeah believe in yep. the fuckhead <laughs> believe in the fuckhead well so for one second consider this consider the fact that if you were to watch a news program today right so it's about i don't know most i think it's like 30 minutes of news um 20 minutes of that is negativity Fluff. It's no, it's negativity. It's all the bad shit that you can possibly think of going on that they can report on, and then they do a happy segment. They do like, uh, you know, oh, these kids have raised this much money to do this, or you know, the elementary school. Little did a Johnny wash, Smith raised thirty six dollars for the elderly. Exactly right. Let's take four minutes but, of this news program. But to if it was that. thirty minutes of happy go lucky rainbow shit, we nobody would watch it. Nobody would even care. Well, because and- because the the bad right is more the bad and the violence and the chaos of of our democracy is more entertaining than sure. than the smiles. And it's entertaining and it's not informative. Right. right. And the and it's um there's no longer any attempt to hide or avoid bias in it anymore either. Yeah. I mean, yeah. somebody well, made a very, Fox News. Yeah, CNN. Somebody, Fox News. <laughs> somebody made a very good point. Uh, a lot of people are making the very good point that mere weeks ago the two biggest fucking crises in this in this country, according to certain news outlets, were this supposedly hor- horrendous Ebola thing that's going to kill us all, and <laughs> and this this awful like immigration problem that the U.S. seems to have, and then midterm <laughs> elections happened and Republicans gained control of the House and the Senate, that no and now that a, shit's not on the no news anymore. Problem, and nobody gives a fuck about it. Like media wise, I shouldn't say people, but like the media doesn't give a fuck about the things that weren't important in the no, first place but right. they made important you're right because there fun was fact. a shift okay three people died in the u.s from ebola nobody died not one person in the u.s wait, actually wait. died from the disease so you're actually telling me as opposed to the ten thousand percent chance that it was originally where i was going to say you are ten thousand <laughs> percent more likely to die from the flu than ebola <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's actually you're infinitely more likely to yes. die from the flu than <laughs> ebola <laughs> yes wow Man, I really need to pay more attention to the world around me. You know, me. They're, they're, the funny <laughs> thing I mean, I had is, my gas mask. I had my Ebola shots. I had... Yeah, right? Ebola you know, at, at work, we primarily watch news stations, right? You know, we're shifting through news stations. Mm-hmm. Um, besides the fact that highly most of the people I work with are, you know, conservative or Republican, so we watch a lot of Fox, right? Mm-hmm. I, honestly, I really don't give a shit because yeah. I, I don't feed into the news that much. I, mm-hmm. I watch it. I get out of it what you know what I want, but then I always do my own research to get to the bottom of the truth, right? Or what? Or not even the truth, because the truth is not out there sometimes. But the 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 more the core of what what information or the problem, right? right? Uh, the thing is, is that you know, speaking of what you were talking about, is that pro- that there was that time where you know the ISIS and the terrorism and all that stuff was like this huge thing, and then several other things happened that dwarfed it, but really didn't dwarf it. It was right. just a shift, and then as soon as the elections happened, we became more focused back on back on ISIS and terrorism and this and that. And it's almost like to me, it's and I and I equate this to the the sympathy votes 
in that all that whole piece in Transmet is that like there's smoke screens for a lot of things, and it's like that movie I forget what it was, but where they created a fake war to take wag, wag the, the dog, dog. wag the dog, yeah. create a fake war to take the the um the pressure off the president. You mm-hmm. know what I mean to make you know the, mm-hmm. the smoke screen, and I think that's and I think Transmet gives you that idea that there's a huge. Every like uh, matter of fact, the part where the trans where they start the riot in the transient district, right? Mm-hmm. And Spider's like, I saw two lawyers talking to two transients before I got here, and I couldn't figure out. You know, he's like, ah, oh, lawyers. They he always keep their hands in the pockets. I hate mm-hmm. them. But then he, when he's on top of the strip club, he's like, no, the whole thing was set up. He mm-hmm. they, they paid those guys to do that mm-hmm. so that they could make the transients seem more dangerous than they were. On top of the fact that they had threatened to succeed and all these other mm-hmm. things, right? Once again, smokescreen, right? So yeah. it's 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 false to, flag, false yeah, smokescreen, false flag, whatever, right? To take away from whatever the other giant problems are. No, though, this is the problem right now, and to make the response to it seem more legitimate, it, ex- right? Exactly. Whereas in the in the real world, we have uh, things Ferguson. like Ferguson, Ferguson. and yeah, the Occupy, I kept thinking about Ferguson, like Ferguson and and originally the Occupy stuff, where people really weren't doing anything out of line, and the response was way out of line. There was was, some, my, my favorite um, is I, I, they have photos of people wearing um, like military issue boots who are in the crowds of yeah. uh, Occupy. Mm-hmm. It's like, come on, really? Yeah, I think I think one of the things that I really that the, one of the points of Transmet that's really um, kind of salient now is the the dangers of 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 news presentations that are reliant on the same um, uh, reliant on the same popularity as entertainment. So a news program that's still reliant on the ad on ad dollars and ratings, right? Um, news is never going to be something that is going to going to rate high in Nielsen. It's never going to be something that um, it it should never be something that is subject to the the whims of ad dollars. Like if a news if a news story gets reported and it's factual, and one of their advertisers says this is bullshit, I don't want to be attached to this, and pulls their ad dollars, and that affects how the news is reported, that's a fucking problem. And that is definitely a thing that Transmet is like even back. You know, back then, uh, ever since basically the early 90s, this has been a a growing and um, morphing issue with media, with news media, because since the inception of 24-7 news coverage, Mm -hmm. like it used to be that the ratings, stations were worried about ratings for their entertainment properties, and they had a news program, and that news program was, um, was built to inform, and there were actually laws on what was allowed to be presented in a news uh, in a news program and how it was allowed to be presented. There, those laws still exist in Canada, which was why that whole thing happened uh, about a year ago when Fox News tried to start a station in Canada and the Canadian government wouldn't let them because yeah. they um, they classified Fox News's stuff as entertainment because it didn't fall under the Guidelines. regulations that they had for presenting truth in media or truth in news, right? Um, and that's one of the things that, that Transmet hits on big time is like this concept that if ratings and if ratings and advertising are what are driving are the driving force between what you're presenting on your station, that is going to start bleeding into affecting and destroying the information that's being presented by the news that you're right. Seeing. It's no longer just there there was a time when you watched news, you know, more like the the, the Dan Rather area era yeah. where Walter it was Cronkite. just the facts. It was it was this is what happened. 
This is when it happened. This is how it happened. Mm-hmm. Next story. You know, he's sitting I think there's there. been journalistic bias forever. It's just that the entertainment aspect yes. has really yeah. ramped up yeah. since yeah. the 90s. Um, right. Sort of as a tangent, the entire purpose of the news initially, as I understand it, was to inform the public. And we no longer have that, so we don't have an educated public. Who benefits from that? Something to think about. <laughs> yeah. Hey. So then I guess we'll go on to buy, borrow, and burn. and uh, I'll go last. Okay, that's fair because we know what you're going to say. Yeah, it's... Um, I I'm gonna say borrow. I'm not gonna say burn. If I if I had only ever read the first twelve issues, I would have uh, I would have said you know fucking nuke it from space. But uh, I'm gonna say borrow because of the fact that it that it is different um, and it's not. It's clearly I am a, I am the the example of it not being to everyone's tastes. So borrow. I would say buy um, if you want to focus just on the like plot main plot thing, um, like borrow the first three trades and buy the rest. Okay, Eddie. Uh, we never got to the art. Oh yeah. I will say though, I, I enjoy it as well. It's gritty. It's like it's got this Derek Robinson. Yeah, it's very gritty and like it's got Mobius covers too. Gritty, I, I hate to use the word trashy as an attractive term to the art. But like it's got it's this, gritty. It's it's yeah. dirty. It's got, it's got this like dirty, dirty feel that makes yeah. it that makes it attractive to to my eye at least. Um, I will definitely say buy. Uh, I'm going to actually go home and as I get time try to make it through the rest of the run, being that I enjoyed the start of the run. And it, it seems gets, like it just gets. That's better. what I'm saying. Yeah. So it seems like if I enjoy the start of the run, then I'm going to enjoy the whole thing. Yeah. If you enjoy so, the first, if you enjoy the first twenty or thirty issues, yeah. you're definitely going to like the rest of it. So, so. Um, I would. I'm definitely going to say solid buy. Uh, I think that this book leads um, along the lines of social commentary on media. So you you wouldn't have programs like the newsroom, or just anything along those lines that really focuses on the merit of entertainment. Um, what was, is it? Oh fuck. The movie from the eighties, uh, network mm. network is, a, uh, probably a sort of a predecessor to this, but it falls into this line specifically discussing the value of news and what the importance is. The story is rock solid. Um, if you enjoy reading about reporters or anything like that, it is a must own. Uh, it influences so much in so many different ways. Like, we didn't get a time to talk about the art because I know Luke and I both went on and on about this book and various aspects of it. But if you read it and you don't like the first, uh, like, three trades, like Anne said, skip to trade number four and just take a look at what ends up being the vast majority of the actual story. Mm-hmm. Finish that off, and then maybe you'll want to go back and read the first three. Yeah, It is... It's not flawless by any means, but it is. I hold it at the highest pinnacle of you know how good stories can be. Um, we do have our next long read uh, planned for episode ninety. It's going to be Lucifer. Whoop, whoop. Uh, but in between then and now, I'm not going to list all of them. I'll list up through episode eighty-five. Uh, Episode 81 is going to be Deadly Class. Uh, the first six issues of the Rick Remender... Who draws it? I can't remember his Real, name. Is it? No, it's, no, it's not real. Uh, I can't remember his name. Whatever. We'll get to it then. And then episode 82 is going to be the New 52 Batman Court of Owls storyline. That was a crossover between a bunch of different stories, wasn't it? Or was it, it, it there's, all in... There's a core... There was, it, was, it did bleed into all the Bat titles, but there's a core... Oh, there's a core one. There's okay. A core. Uh, and then episode 83, the... the 
many times delayed Hellboy Volume 1 All we're right. going to do. Uh, it's been delayed so many times I actually gave my <laughs> Volume 1 away. Before <laughs> <we got to laughs> uh, and then Episode 84 is going to be the new Miss Marvel uh, oh. from uh, Marvel. G. Willow Wilson. Yes. And then Episode 85, another Remender book, is going to be Black Science, the first six issues of Black Science. Science? Yes. Uh, we've got those episodes coming up. Um this is probably a, the place where we should say that uh, it's likely that the next two episodes are going to be Eddie's last two for quite a while. Indeed. Uh, you're moving out of the country? Yes, I am. I moving to Europe. Awesome. Uh, have fun there, sir. We will. Fun. In- fun. <laughs> 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 Insert sad Hulk music that is standard when someone leaves the show. Um, so that is the the Deadly Class and the Batman Court of Owls were Eddie's suggestions, so we're going to get those done before he's gone for a significant period of time. And, uh, yeah, we've got episodes. We've actually got the s- schedule all the way out through episode 91 right now, but I'm not going to bore people with reading the whole list. Next um, wave. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so if you want to be part of the show, if you want to email us, you can to talk about Deadly Class before the next episode, which we are actually, uh, for those of you who are listening, know that we delayed this episode by a week. So Deadly Class is actually only going to be a week away instead of a two-week gap like normal. Um, so we are recording the Deadly Class episode on November 22nd. Uh, if you can, if you want to be a part of that show, you can email us at tradesecretsatgeekerific.com or you can post to our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash podcast, Or you can hit us up uh, on Twitter at tradesecretspod. We're all individually on Twitter. I'm at Geek Elite. Andy, Mathastrophe. Great Eddie. doctor. And being tweets. Uh, and Joel, when he's around, is at Mathastrophe. Angry um, Jesus. Superfly. Superfly. Oh, Superfly. Jesus, I said yeah, catastrophe. Right, <laughs> I yeah. start getting Twitter messages for Joel. Joel. Yeah. Like, I, you were looking for a much blacker member <laughs> of the podcast than me. Um, so, yeah, Would we've... Would like to buy some drugs, sir? <laughs> Have you uh, tried Eddie? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to direct you to someone who might be able to help you more than I can. Well, golly, uh, I... Uh, <laughs> So yeah, we're like I said, Deadly Class is coming up. It's an image book. Uh, please send us questions or comments or anything about this. You can you know comment about our or about <laughs> probably mostly my opinions on Transmetropolitan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Luke edition. Yeah, but let you <laughs> let us know what you think. Uh, send us questions. Uh, we are going to be back in a week. Thank you, Andy, for having us in your apartment. Hail Satan. Thank you, Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Anne. The truth is out there. <laughs> I am Luke. This has been episode 80 of the Trade Secrets Podcast. We are out. Work it harder, make it better. Do it faster, makes us stronger. All that ever.